630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. As much as I love hearing Cam Moon and Jack Michaels calling Oilers highlights in the intro to Inside Sports, very soon we will have Edmonton Elks highlights available for use in the intro. How great is that going to be? Ladies and gentlemen, it is the eve of the kickoff to the CFL season. For the first time, you'll see three down action since November of 2019. Tomorrow, it is a rematch of that great cup. It's Hamilton at Winnipeg. Winnipeg, of course, the defending champions. Hamilton picked by a fair number of people to win the championship this season. Friday night football has BC at Saskatchewan. The Riders, by the way, are going to play their first four games at home. Saturday, there is a doubleheader. Toronto is in Calgary. And then Commonwealth Stadium, Saturday at 8. Our coverage here on 630 Shed will start at 6. The Edmonton Elks will take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Montreal has a bye. Montreal will play its first game against the Elks on Saturday the 14th. So that is how it shapes up. And we have you covered, getting you ready for the new season. In a minute or two, Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, is going to jump on the show. We will talk to Shy Ross from the Edmonton Elks. I think a name you're going to get to know more and more throughout the season. He'll certainly have an expanded role on the team than he did in his rookie year in 2019. And he already made some headlines a few weeks ago with that viral video of doing a backflip and dunking an Oreo in milk while in midair. Yes, that's Shy Ross. Of course, I'll ask him about that video, and we'll talk some football. He's between 6.30 and 7. And a classic voice in the Canadian Football League from CJOB in Winnipeg, the play-by-play voice for the Bombers, Bob Irving, is going to be on the show. Now, of course, also of significance, at the Olympics, Andre de Grasse wins gold in the 200 meters. First gold medal for Canada in that event since 1928 when Percy Williams won the gold. We'll have reaction from a couple of elite Edmonton sprinters later on in the show. Incredible moment for DeGrasse. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Elks Radio 630. Thanks to Dave Campbell for uh, sitting in for me uh, yesterday. My uh, main activity on my day off yesterday was uh, helping my parents purchase and set up a new computer. And no, I'm not going to tell the story because I only have a two-hour show. But you can get in touch by calling or texting 780-496-0063. If you call, it's presented by CertainTeed, the good old hotline, CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And, of course, you can email Inside sports at 630ched.com. And we go to the Certainty Hotline and we welcome back to the 630ched Airwaves the Commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. Randy, how are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm great. Uh, I'm great because tomorrow during Inside Sports, Randy, I get to give live score updates of a Canadian Football League game. How does that sound? <laughs> you know, music to my ears. That's how it sounds. Uh, I don't want to call it the finish line, but how does it feel to get to the starting line after so much happening over the past 17 months or so? Well, it's uh, it's almost hard to describe, Reed, how um, you know how happy I am. I'm I'm thrilled for our players. I'm thrilled for our coaches and football ops partners. I'm you know I'm thrilled for the teams and the owners and the governors and and I'm I'm especially thrilled for our fans who 
you know, really did miss our game and uh, and our, I know they're going to welcome us back with open arms. So, Reed, tomorrow we get to uh, kick off a new season and uh, one that will culminate with a great cup in, in Hamilton. It's going to be great. So I, I want to dive into the, the release the CFL put out yesterday. Of course, the headline, CFL moves to prevent game cancellations due to COVID-19. And look, I know we're, we're both excited, but in your job, you also have to plan for the, the, the worst case scenarios. And I suppose a, a game cancellation would be that. I, I want to clarify, though, for everybody first. If there was a COVID situation with a team or teams, would the first effort be made to reschedule the game if possible oh absolutely yeah Reed, that's a great point and uh in fact it it is a clear understanding between ourselves and the players that that is our first priority it just happens to be very hard you know in a in a game such as ours in a sport such as ours rescheduling games uh is 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 difficult uh, obviously, it's it's not like other sports where you can just play tomorrow night or the night after, uh, because the the game requires uh, downtime in between uh, in between games. Reed, we will definitely try, but uh, but we know it would be uh, it will be challenging. But but we will definitely make that effort. So there's provisions for possibly a game being forfeited. Uh, there's the paragraph about if a team that can prove that 85% of its players under contract have been vaccinated, um, then players could still be paid for the canceled game. How, how did you come up with the 85%? Why did the league decide that's ultimately a number that was sort of comfortable? Well, it's, it's the number we've been using and discussing uh, with our, with our medical partners and with uh, public health officials, there there is a strong feeling that 85% kind of represents a threshold uh, at which you've got such a large population of vaccinated uh, vaccinated players and and football operations people that there's a a much lower risk of a of a devastating effect in your locker rooms and. And Reed, that's really where this, uh, what this is about. This is really to try to do everything to make sure that the players who have trained so hard and worked so hard get to play a full season. That uh, you know everyone who has just put such an effort into getting this season up and running gets to see the fruits of their labor. But but eighty five is has been a number uh, well used and well understood as a threshold that that. Um, and it creates a, a much lower risk profile for us, and and that's how uh, that's how we came to it. So, three teams are at eighty five percent, and then in the statement from the league yesterday, the other six teams are from sixty seven to eighty one. So we do have a team that's you know basically only at about two thirds vaccination, and, and as as we've kind of seen in society, Randy you know the percentage has gone up but it starts to taper off a little bit some people are resistant to to vaccines for whatever personal choice they want to make like how concerned are you about starting a season with a team that's hovering around 70 percent vaccination are you are you comfortable with that well look it is where we are uh you know one of the things that came out and and i you know give a lot of credit to our to our uh club presidents including chris preston in edmonton who uh, you know really wanted to use uh, a reward uh, approach? You know, let's 
let's really incent the players and, and everyone, frankly, to think about getting vaccinated because it's just good for everyone. And so, uh, Reid, we're going to try that. We, we think that's a better approach. We, we think the incentive system uh, is well suited to, you know, to our personality as a sport and as a league. And, uh, and I'm hoping, Reid, that, uh, that we'll start to see our vaccinated rates across all teams go up. And uh, mostly, Creed, I, I just would like to keep this uh, Delta variant out of our locker rooms and, and away from our league uh, as so that, uh, you know, we get to play a full season. And frankly, I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see as many Canadians as possible get the vaccination because uh, so many people have suffered. So many families have, has, have, have experienced the devastating effect of somebody getting you know, seriously ill and in some cases uh, dying, we uh, we got to do everything we can together to uh, to bring this to an end. Randy Ambrosi joining us tonight at Inside Sports, Commissioner of the Canadian Football League. Of course, it gets going tomorrow. First Elks game is Saturday night right here on 6.30, Chad, as Edmonton will take on Ottawa. So fans, obviously. I mean, look, we know it. There's no league without the fans. Um, I'll put it to you this way, Randy. I hope you don't mind. Are, are you both excited and nervous to see large crowds in stadiums? Uh, well, I, I am more excited than nervous, to be sure, because I've missed them. And, um, and I know they've missed us, Reed. So I, I'm, I'm excited. Look, I think we're all going to go through a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a re-entry uh, uh, phase here where, you know, after, you know, after 19 months of, you uh, social distancing and wearing a masks and all the other things that we were asked to do by public health officials. I do think we're going to have a few growing pains here as we get back into a more normal existence. But, uh, you know, my, my family and myself, we've all, you know, we've gotten our double vaccinations. Uh, I, I'm, I'm confident that it'll have a positive effect on my health and the people around me. So I, 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 I look forward to, uh, to seeing our fans again. Who knows? Maybe I'll get a few high fives and, and maybe the odd hug, and I'll appreciate it because it's been a long, uh, it was a long, cold winter, and it's, uh, and it's time for CFL football. How was it juggling all the different jurisdictions, different provinces, in some cases even different cities within the same province might have different approaches um it, you know about half the league's american and bringing them back across the border this is we might that this question actually might cover a whole show someday randy but but you know how, how did how did you juggle all the different sort of requirements and restrictions in the different provinces to say okay yeah we can actually have a season well you know again i just have to look to um to this amazing team that makes up the cfl and you know, a, a big shout out to uh, to Greg Dick, who uh, who heads our football operations group and his staff. You know, Greg worked tirelessly. Uh, you know, I, a huge shout out to Dr. Nadu from Edmonton and and Dr. McCormick from Vancouver, uh, who are our two new uh, uh, chief medical officers for the league, and and the tireless work they put in to help us, uh, you know, really sort through all of the complexity. Uh, the, the team presidents who just worked tirelessly, uh, again, I, I'd have to shout out to uh, Wade Miller 
in Winnipeg who uh, put a huge effort into to being part of our medical com uh, committee. And, uh, and Wade, you know, did a great job of sharing information with the team presidents. And we, you know, we've been meeting once a week, every week for it seems like as long as I can remember. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, Reed, what we had is just a great collaboration. And the players deserve credit too, because they were part of the conversation. You know, Reed, we, 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 we try our best to agree on as many things we can. We don't always agree. But I think there has been a spirit of uh, and an effort made to try to help each other. I'm, I'm meeting Brian Ramsey uh, in Winnipeg uh, tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night for the game. I'm meeting, I'm meeting Brian. Uh, we're going to watch the game together. Uh, we both felt strongly that, uh, you know, that it was more than symbolic. It was important to, you know, to meet and, and watch a game. Who knows? Maybe if we're lucky, we might have a cold beer together. But it's really to acknowledge we've been through a tough uh, we've been through a tough phase together, and now uh, you know it's it's time to move forward, and and I'm really looking forward to that. All right. Uh, so so are you going to any other games this weekend? You could hit three if you wanted to. Uh, you know, I I'm out. we've got a we've got a board of governors meeting on the 11th, and so I'm going to take in the opening game of the season. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to head home after that because I got a lot of preparation to do for the governor's meeting on the 11th. I'm going to look after, uh, look after that governor's meeting and then, uh, read my plan is to hit the road and hit it hard and get into our CFL cities and watch some football and, uh, and get back to many of the things that I, you know, I really thought were important, uh, you know, prior to the pandemic and, and, uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, I'm going to I'm going to focus on the the season opener. I'm going to then move on to our governor's session and then after that it's uh it's going to be all football all the time. All right. Well, and and I hope it is all football all the time. I I I hope we don't have to deal with the stuff I was asking about in the first half of the interview, the cancellations and possible forfeitures forfeitures, but I do uh appreciate you you clarifying what could happen in those situations randy i know it's an incredibly busy time and you've been doing a lot of interviews this week so thanks for jumping on 6 30 chet we'll talk down the road i really appreciate it yeah hey reed best wishes to you and you know the entire team at chad and if you get to uh, get a chance to see my uh, my former teammate and my great friend blake dermott give him a hard time for me and maybe a hug too because he you know you gotta have carrot in a stick uh, he's a great guy, and and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to coming to Edmonton and watch a game sometime soon and see all of you. Yeah, right on. Sounds great, Randy. Thanks for checking in tonight. That is Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League. So some pretty, well, I guess you could say harsh. I mean, it, pretty harsh if a team causes a cancellation because of COVID. I, I want to look into those a little more deeply when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. Here's the deal for the Canadian Football League. If, if there is a, a game that has to be called off because of COVID, at first it'll try to be, they'll try to reschedule it. If it cannot be rescheduled and one club is suffering from COVID-19 issues, that club will have to forfeit the game 
and the opponent will get a win by a score of one nothing. Now, get this: if if a game is canceled because both teams have COVID issues, they both take the forfeit and they both take the loss. And some of the situations for a game being canceled. First of all, if for some reason it's not allowed to be played by a, a government health authority, if a team can't dress 36 players, if a team doesn't have a, an individual available to coach the offense and another to coach the defense, it would be called off. And if the team doesn't have a, thirti- a certified athletic therapist and sports medicine physician available for the game. Dave Campbell was talking about last night how the Elks are holding a quarterback out of practice just in case that if COVID were to hit the quarterbacks, that they would have a quarterback who's been in isolation and should be free of COVID and would be able to play. You remember the Denver Broncos this past NFL season had to start a receiver at quarterback. It did not go well. So the Elks preparing for the worst case scenario and uh, holding a quarterback out of practice away from the team. He stays in isolation for the week. He participates through Zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff, but he, he wouldn't be around any players if there was some sort of a COVID outbreak. The, the stats the league uh, put out yesterday, and this I'll just read exactly what they wrote here. As of last Friday's league-wide roster cutdown, 79% of CFL players are fully or partially vaccinated. So fully or partially vaccinated is 79%. Three CFL teams have more than 85% of their players. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders did say they're one of them. Uh, the other six teams have vaccination rates ranging from 67% to, to 81%. I have been told by a couple of sources that the Edmonton Elks are the 67%, that, that the Elks are the least vaccinated team in the Canadian Football League. And, and that number is not fully vaccinated. It's fully or partially. They didn't differentiate. But uh, a little bit on what those numbers mean. And look, I, I know we're excited about getting back to football. I am. We're going to talk a lot of football with Shy Ross coming up from your Edmonton Elks. But as we've seen, this is part of the story. Could COVID cause games to be rescheduled and possibly canceled? And again, if you're the team deemed to be at fault, you lose the game. It's not made up. You lose the game. 780-496-0063. Oreo, Duncan, and more when we get back. Blue Jays cruising, middle of the fourth. They're up eight nothing on Cleveland, the team that'll be known as the Cleveland Guardians starting next season eight nothing for the blue jays in that one and more exciting news for canada at the olympics and we've had a lot of great stories uh, i mean andre de Grasse, we're going to talk about we've seen penny alexiak continue to excel uh, you know kylie moss uh, swimming so many uh, great canadian women winning medals the women's soccer team uh, going for gold well damian warner the decathlete starting day two of the decathlon with another Olympic record. He ran the 110-meter hurdles in 13.46 seconds. I just watched the race online in his heat. He was far and away the best. So that's a new decathlon record. So it's it's not the it's not the Olympic record in the 110-meter hurdles overall, but still very impressive. It is the best uh, run by a hurdler ever in the decathlon. So he continues to lead 
with four events left. So uh, Damian Warner looking very good. I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, you used to say, if you win the decathlon, you're the best athlete in the world. And maybe it's going to be a Canadian. So that would be pretty cool. We'll keep an eye on Damian Warner. Absolutely. CFL season starts tomorrow. We just had Commissioner Randy Ambrosi on the show. He's going to the game in Winnipeg. It's going to start at 6.30, so we'll keep you updated on the score, uh, at least through the first half on Inside Sports tomorrow night. Hamilton at Winnipeg. Edmonton Elks, home to the Ottawa Red Blacks, Saturday at 8. Our countdown to kickoff will start at 6 right here on 6.30, Chad. We got Morley Scott. We got Dave Campbell. We got Blake Dermott. We got Eddie Steele. I'm sure they'll have other special guests along the way. Awesome to bring you Elks football once again. And you will hear this guy's name throughout the course of that broadcast, a receiver for the Elks. We welcome to the show, Shy Ross. Shy, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for hopping on the show. It is nice to talk to you. And look, I want to talk football with you, but we got to talk about something else. And I've just retweeted the video. And this was back uh, middle of June, so I think I think almost two months ago. You did the backflip Oreo dunk. Uh, is, that, is that how we're going to – do you have a special name for it, first of all? What do you call it? Yeah, I think that's what people are calling it, man. <laughs> the the backflip Oreo dunk. So tell us a, a little bit about this. What what possessed you to, to try it, to film it? Give me the background here. Yeah, so a little bit about myself, I guess. I come from a, a gymnastics family, you know, so – uh, I've been around gymnastics basically my whole life. Um, almost every kid in my family can, you know, do a backflip. And so um, this is kind of something that I, I used to take seriously. And then as I, as I got more into football, um, you know, I had to kind of put it behind me. But um, definitely some of those skills still stuck with me. So, you know, um, when I started combining, you know, what I used to do as a gymnast um, with what I currently do now, obviously the Oreo dunk is, is you know, a one-off. Um, aside from, you know, combining gymnastics with, with football as well, which I, I have done as well. So um, this is just, you know, just something fun for me to uh, kind of do a cool little video for me to make um, during the offseason, and, and, and I really just had fun with it. Okay, so had you done that before and not filmed it? Did you practice it, or did you just think, to heck with it, I'm going to set up a camera and try it, and it just worked out? <laughs> No, so I, I normally used to do, like, backflip and catch the football at the same time. Um, and I've filmed that, you know, I've done a, quite a few videos like that. And uh, this time I was just trying to think of something, you know, creative, something new and unique. And uh, I was actually just at the field training, um, just working my routes and, you know, getting a good run in. And, you know, kind of last second, this idea just popped up into my head. So uh, I had called my videographer and I told him to come down to the field as quick as he could. Um, and I told him, bring a cup. And I went over to Walmart, grabbed some milk, grabbed some Oreos. And literally within an hour, we had shot this video. So um, just, again, something, you know, a uh, cool little idea that popped into my head. And, and when I get these kind of ideas, I kind of just like to bring them to life right away. And uh, that's what we did. Now, wait a minute. You have a personal videographer? <laughs> yeah, I got a, a, a videographer that I work with in Winnipeg. Um, okay. On his Instagram is Visuals by Damie. Um, he's a, fr a good friend of mine. I played football with him at the University of Manitoba as well. So uh, we're pretty close. And, uh, yeah, we, we like to shoot uh, quite a few videos. <laughs> What was his reaction when you pulled it off? I mean, even just his reaction on the phone, uh, 
prior to him even coming down, just me explaining what I was going to be doing. He was just, he was just like, Oh my God, like just another one of your ideas. Right. And, uh, now when we got it, I mean, we were, we were both pretty hyped. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned, I believe you said almost everybody in your family can do a backflip or maybe every sibling in your yeah, family. Yeah, tell tell me cousins. about this family connection. <laughs> yeah, so three um my three aunties they're actually quite high level gymnastics coaches. They've been coaching um you know for as long as I can remember and so uh, literally all my cousins, my brothers and my sisters we pretty much can all do, you know, some sort of flips. <laughs> it basically just runs in the family. How many brothers do you have? I got uh I have two brothers. Okay, and they Okay, and did, did did anybody else change from gymnastics to football, or was that just you? Um, uh, my brother Alex Taylor, he actually played on the fo- uh, team with me in 2019, and uh, he he recently retired. But I mean, he's he's been doing flips uh, <laughs> since a little one as well. So uh, yeah, definitely just runs in the family. Okay, awesome. Uh, Shy Ross from the Edmonton Elks joining us tonight. On Inside Sports, he's given you the story of the backflip Oreo dunk uh, performed in his hometown of Winnipeg a couple of months ago. That went uh, went viral, and that was pretty fun to see. Okay, so now it's camp, and uh, well, you, you finally almost have a game. How's I think yeah. it was July tenth. You guys started camp. How have you survived it? Oh well, you know the the first week we were um, in quarantine in the hotel, and you know that was a good chance to just you know clear your mind uh, before heading into the season. I think I can speak for almost all the players. You know we had a really long off season. We've been really excited to get back on the field, back to doing what we love. So um, again, we're just really excited and and can't wait to you know get on the field as a team and uh, see what we can do out there. Now, what did you do last year? Because you were drafted in 2019, right? So you, you were on the team as a That's rookie. Right. I think you appeared in a few games. Uh, what did yeah. you do last year? Yeah, so I, oh, so last year, um, like during the pandemic? Yeah, like during the non-2020 season, unfortunately. Yeah, so, I mean, I was still focused on training. Um, but during that time, I had to find something that, you know, not just past time, but I wanted to, um, you know, gain something out of the the downtime that we did have. And so I actually took the time to uh, become a certified yoga instructor. Uh, I took a course for that, as well as I I was training quite a few kids um, on the field. Obviously, you know, when we were able to, given the restrictions and whatnot in the city, but uh, I was training quite a few kids and yeah, I got my uh, yoga certificate. So that was uh, pretty cool. Oh, cool. Okay, so you've been a busy guy for sure. Tell me about when you when you kind of seriously got into football because you, like you grew up in Winnipeg and then and then you went to Manitoba, so right. you know a lot of football roots for you right right in Winnipeg. Yeah. When did it really become a passion for you? Yeah, so I actually started in uh, grade twelve was my first year of football, and then uh, from there I ended up going to play for you know just a community club football team, St. Vitale Mustangs, for two years. Uh, at, which po- at which point I aged out and I was attending uh, a little football program in Winnipeg called Recruit Ready. And um, through there, I actually got scouted to play in BC for a uh, junior football team called the Okanagan Sun. Um, played there for one year again and then aged out of that. So at that point, I kind of felt like, you know, it was over for me and I was going to have to kind of, you know, uh, go a different route. Um, but I was actually invited to the, the Bison Spring Camp at the University of Manitoba. 
uh, where I ultimately made the team and then uh, played three years with them. And, I mean, after playing those three seasons and, you know, starting to get my name mentioned um, among some of the better receivers in the league and whatnot uh, was when I definitely knew that, you know, I could potentially make a career out of this. And so um, definitely from that point on, I, I've been all in, uh, you know, working my tail off, um, doing all I can to, you know, just, you know, learn the nuances of the game, become a better receiver, become a better returner. And, and I've just been training hard. And so uh, that's pretty, pretty much how that went. All right. I understand you, you had a pretty nice play today at camp. What happened with this? Dave Campbell and Morley were down there, and they, they told me you scored a touchdown. What happened here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if that play was, you know, designed to go to me or, or, or what, but um, I just had a post throw from, from wide out, um, and, you know, the DB played it well, um, but I, I, I slipped under and got inside and, um I don't know. Trevor just <laughs> Trevor just threw a beautiful ball, and uh, I was just able to run under it and and break free for a touchdown. So, um, you know, when you get to play with, uh, you know, someone as experienced as Trevor Harris, um, he, he really makes my job a lot easier. And so, and, and especially when you have um, such a good O line, they blocked it up well. Um, all the receivers ran their routes hard, and you know, it just came open. So it's. Do you anticipate you're going to have a larger role on the team? Like, do you, it sounds like maybe you're going to be in the starting line, lineup on Saturday. Tell us how you see yourself on the team this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited to, you know, basically just contribute wherever I can. Um, I'm definitely trying to make an impact on this team, and and whichever way you know, Coach Elizondo and uh, Winston October, you know, feel fit. Um, I'm definitely just going to play my role. So, you know, I'm doing a bit of returning. Um, I've been running with the ones for, for quite some time, uh, basically throughout the whole camp. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just working hard and, and just, you know, trying to contribute in whichever way I can. And, and I think um, we have a very talented receiver core. So for me, for me to be able to, you know, squeeze my way to the starting lineup is pretty special. And, and I'm just, I'm just really grateful. Absolutely. All right. Well, you're a good interview. So we're definitely going to ask you on the show again. I got another hopefully fun one for you. You have somewhat of a, a non-traditional first name, Shai, S-H-A-I. Is there a story right. behind that? <laughs> I don't talk about it much, but since you asked that there, there actually is. So, um, I don't know from how how long, how much, how far back, but there was this boy band called Shy that my mom absolutely loved. You know, she used to listen to all their music, and you know, when when she had me, she actually just named me after this boy band. So, uh, I, I don't know if that's something I'm proud of, but I definitely, you know, love my name. Uh, I know it's unique, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That is a very unique story. I guess it's it's good your name isn't Backstreet Boys. That would be really awkward. I think Shy's much better. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good with Shy. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for telling us the story of the uh, Oreo dunk and letting fans get to know you a little bit better as a person. They're going to see you on the field and get to know you as a player a lot this year, I think. Shy, thanks for checking into Inside Sports. All the best with the Elks. Absolutely. My pleasure. I appreciate you. That is Shy Ross. Where's number 11 for the Edmonton Elks? Well, that is quite... A, I did not know that. Sometimes you ask a question like that and kind of knowing where the story's going to go. I didn't know. I just asked. I said, where'd your name come from? So his mom was the... was a fan of a boy band. 
called Shy, which uh, I have never heard of. It may not surprise you to hear that uh, I am not a boy band expert. Ke- uh, Kellen County is back at the 630 Jet Broadcasting hey, Compound. Do you know about this band, Shy? I'm just looking them up. Uh, I got to look them up too. <laughs> Shy is an American 1990s vocal R&B slash soul quartet. Their most successful hit was If I Ever Fall in Love which reached number two on the billboard. Can you look that up? We'll try to play part of it tonight. Yeah, I can if, look if it up If I ever sure. fall in love by the band Shy, and that's who Shy Ross from the Elks has been named after. Good story, too, about the uh, Oreo backflip dunk. That's pretty fun. Uh, exciting career ahead, I think, for that young man. It's Inside Sports on Ched. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. If I Shy Ross was named after because his mom liked the band. According to Wikipedia, an American 1990s vocal R&B slash soul quartet. I had never heard of them. This is their song, their big hit, their biggest hit, If I Ever Fall in Love. Roxanne writes in, she says, Shy was a great R&B band. I love the song, but it was a good slow song to do one thing to, LOL. When you hear it, you will know. My goodness, Roxanne. I Hello. Think you're being, I think you're being titillating. On the text line, that is Roxanne, 780-496-0063. Uh, Murr, the Flames guy, said, uh, good interview, great video too. The CFL needs more of that for the younger crowd. Kind of sad when I'm super excited to watch the Elks even. And then he has a big laughy face. Been waiting too long, Reed. That is Murr, the Stamps guy, who likes the Stampeders and likes the Calgary Flames and uh, listens to Inside Sports and Little Old Edmonton. Murray, I do appreciate it. Uh, Brian says, Reed, I like the idea. Uh, he's talking about the interview I had with Ambrosi about what the uh, league is doing that you might have to forfeit. Team could have to forfeit a game, could have to forfeit a game if it's because of uh, COVID issues. He, he wants to know if the CFLPA had to sign off on this. Yes, the PA was involved in these decisions for sure. And uh, Tim said, COVID cancellations and forfeited games is not football. I will watch it when it gets back to regular rules. Uh, Okay, Tim. Well, the rules of the game are the same. The the rules have not changed. But once a game starts, the rules will be the same. I, I just want to clarify that. NFL's uh, doing the same thing as the CFL. So, sorry, Tim, you you will probably not be watching football in 2021. But that's your choice. But again, the the actual rules of the game are not changing. Ten yards to get a first down, six points for a touchdown, can't hold, can't rough the passer, all that kind of stuff. That isn't changing. That isn't changing at all. All right. That was a good interview with Shy Ross. And I definitely learned some stuff about him and learned about his name. That was pretty cool. Kellen Kennedy is back at the 630 Chet compound. Kellen, how have you been, old boy? Doing great. How about you? Okay. So the decathlon, we got Damian Warner, the Canadian. He might win the medal. Mm -hmm. He's he's looking very good to win the gold medal, which would be incredible. 
So we got it's, it's in the decathlon, Kellen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna list some events, mm-hmm. and you have to tell me is it in the decathlon? Yes or no? Okay, hang on a second here. Okay, first of all, first of all, first question. We got suspend. What music is this? Is this the hundred dollar challenge? What's that? No, this called? is uh, who wants to think be? Or don't think. <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire? Sixty four thousand dollar question music. Okay. Well, who wants? To, what's the show that Howie Mandel did? Oh, uh, deal or no deal? Choice or no uh, deal or no deal? Yeah. that's the one. I don't watch a lot of that variety of television. Okay, for, so first of all, Kellen, how many events are in the decathlon? Uh, ten, because Deca is ten, right? Yes. Okay, you got that. And we're okay. doing men's decathlon because the women's is very slightly different. So we'll do uh, we'll do the men's decathlon. So I'm going to say an event, and you say yes or no. Is it in the decathlon? Okay. okay? Uh, shot put. Yes. Shot put is in the uh, is in the decathlon. That's excellent. Okay. Triple jump. Uh, yes. Triple jump is not in Ooh, the decathlon. Kelly okay. Kennedy. The triple jump okay. is not in the decathlon. Oh my! You're only uh, you're only fifty percent. The one hundred and ten meter hurdles. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, I'm going to say yes, yes, yes. That's what Warner just ran. That was right. that was a freebie. The fifteen hundred meters. Oh, there's some sort of running element to it. I'm gonna say well, there's no. A lot of ru- there's a lot of running. I'm gonna say no, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be a a, a lesser amount. Like a the 1500 meters is in the decathlon. Oh, in is. fact, it's the final. It's the final event. Ah, okay. So it's basically like let's torture these athletes for two days over nine events, and the tenth ath- the tenth event is the longest one. And that's what like ten laps of the of the stadium or something. 1500. No, meters, it's so. three and three quarters. Ah, oh, three and three quarters. 1500 okay. meters. The, the track is 400 meters. Ah, gotcha. So the 1500 meters is three and three quarters laps. It's not. It's not 15 laps of the stadium, and they okay. run inside. They don't go around the outside of the stadium. That would be, hey, here's a race you can't watch, everybody. They're running around <laughs> the outside of the stadium. Boy, tickets would be a ripoff for that one. Weightlifting. No. Correct. Weightlifting is not in the decathlon. It's its own thing. Uh, it's its own thing, yeah, because the, decathlon is track and field. Uh, high jump. I want to say yes. So yes. Yes. Uh, high jump. And finally, the duck walk. Uh, no. The duck walk is not in the decathlon. You did pretty good. And there is no uh, element of speed walking in the decathlon at all or anything along those lines, right? So, The 10 events in order, 100 meters, long jump, shot put, high jump, 400 meters. And then on day two, 110 meter hurdles. And now these four events are still to come for Damian Warner. Mm-hmm. Discus, pole vault, javelin, and then... The fifteen hundred meters. And Man. Warner is Warner is so good at a couple of the events that, that he would be a metal threat if he entered them individually. So uh, he he is he is an awesome athlete. So that is a great story for Canada. Absolutely. All right. Well, Kelly, you did okay. What did you get, Kellen? You got um, one, two. You got five out of seven. Hey, that's not bad. There we that's, go. Uh, we'll give you a soft pass. That that's you getting me back a, for all that name the animal stuff from earlier in the year. Oh, yeah, we're gonna do the we're gonna do name the animal before the end of the week. That's 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 mm-hmm. really the only reason I, I come into work every day. The possibility <laughs> of name the animal. And to interview great people like Bob Irving, who's coming up. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on six thirty, Chad.